Hi, come on in. And join in. It's the very merry life. Hi, I'm Mary Hendricks, and you might know me as that relatable AF mama over on Instagram who hopefully feels like an old friend at this point. And if not, it won't be long till it feels that way as we get raw, unfiltered, and very unapologetic in all things motherhood, marriage, sex, and more. From moments worth savoring to moments worth surviving, get ready to leave feeling seen and supported. You have a friend here now, so hey, take a seat. What's going on? Hi guys, happy Tuesday. So you are getting me solo. I'm actually recording this on Monday, January 30th. So it's literally a few hours before I'm going to go upstairs and publish it. Um, and that way you guys can listen. And usually I, I I don't really like doing solo episodes. I have a ton of other episodes that I could have put out today. And trust me, you will hear them soon. But after this past week, I wanted to get on here. I wanted to make this short little episode so that way we all can continue the conversation because it needs to be continued. Um, Trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about what happened recently in the news, which involves child loss, uh, murder, suicide, things of that nature, postpartum depression. So if any of that stuff is too much for you to listen to um, or upsetting in any way, please please just stop listening right here. Um, And for everyone else who is open to listening and wanting to learn about this and hoping to change things in the motherhood sphere, um, keep listening and get ready to get fired up because it's time. (laughs) It is time. It's past due, actually. But anyway, um, I am referring to the Duxbury, Massachusetts case with Lindsay Clancy, 32-year-old mother of three children, um, five, three, and eight months old, I believe, were their exact ages. Um, Unfortunately, she had a history of dealing with postpartum depression, anxiety, possibly psychosis based off of what exactly happened that hasn't been confirmed um, as of yet. But her husband... um, was apparently supporting her as much as possible. He was uh, working out of the home so he could be better be there for her. She was receiving treatment. Those are details we do know. Uh, but in a short time period of 20 to 25 minutes, as the dad went to go get takeout food, he came home to his wife um, unconscious who had apparently thrown herself out of a window in the top floor. And then his children were deceased on the inside, um, from a parent strangulation. Uh, I know his third, the youngest, the eight month old was still alive. He was in critical condition and then later passed away a couple of days later. Um, God, that story has just stuck with me because one, I'm this girl's age. Like she literally could be me that she could be any of us. That's why I think the story is sticking with everyone. Because it it could it could have been us hashtag it could have been us. Um, her I mean her kids are right in par with Cassidy Spencer and Haley pretty much. So that also is just makes me sick to my stomach. But this entire thing just has been so upsetting because it really is shining light on the lack of motherhood support in all ways, whether it's you know through a societal. Um, way through the system way. So, you know, medical treatment and things like that, like that is a big problem that should be looked about, looked at. Um, But even as a societal way, as I say that, like 
us as moms, guys, like there's a reason why mom content creators and mom podcasts like this are needed. It's because we have gotten so separated um, that we are craving that village mentality. We just cannot find it because it is so hard. And the fact that I have to even like describe at times motherhood as being isolating is awful because it is. And I don't know why those that that term should even be associated with one of one of the most I'm trying to think commun communicable is that a word like community driven things like the we are creating people who are going to immerse themselves into community shouldn't it be a community effort like shouldn't that village be there it doesn't make any sense to me personally um and yet that's what it is. And that's, you know, that's so many things have failed um, all moms. And obviously this is a clear indicator of a lot of things failing um, in the worst ways ever. Um, so with that being said, I want to start off the conversation through education, which is educating us about postpartum depression, about postpartum psychosis and anxiety. I think that is probably the first step in taking away the taboo nature of it, which is talking about it and educating ourselves and seeing that there's nothing to be scared of with this, that it is more common than we think, um, and that we're not alone, especially if you are listening right now and dealing with any of these things, I want you to know right now, there is nothing that you feel right now that someone else hasn't. Like, I know we want to think that everything is unique. It's not. <laughs> not everything is unique. Not everything is a one-off experience, especially when it comes to postpartum. You would be shocked. It's just that we have gone way too long being way too quiet, and that silence is deafening, and that's what makes us feel like we are all by ourselves. And I can promise you, the more we start screaming from the rooftops, the more we are all going to hear it, and the less that feeling is going to persist. So I have 10 facts that I have found that I'm just going to read off about postpartum depression, uh, about all of these things, so we can learn about it together, and then keep this message going, keep it, you know, keep it normal. Keep it, keep it whatever, nonchalant. Sure, you got postpartum depression, awesome. I know so many people that do. Like, that's what I want this to be. Um, I don't want this to be a shame game, judgment, any of that. If you didn't experience any of that stuff, keep listening. Because it, you might have a friend or a sister or a daughter, daughter-in-law one day that does. And starting now, we can become someone's biggest ally in all of this. So I went through a ton of different research articles and I kind of just compiled about 10 facts. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. 10 facts about postpartum depression and other mood disorders. That way we can better get a grip on what we're looking at. Um, and let's go. Okay, so first and foremost, a few statistics. So they say that de postpartum depression can set in anywhere between a few weeks to a year after giving birth to about 14% of women. However, that's just women who have self-reported. That does not include people who have been lying or not talking or not knowing that they're struggling through it. And if we could actually get those women included, it were 
probably looking closer to 20%, 25% of women, postpartum women, who are dealing with postpartum depression in some way. That's big. That's a that's a big number, guys. Huge number. And I believe it, considering a lot of you, after I talked about this in my messages, said that you, A, didn't realize that you were experiencing it, but you definitely had it um, in some way. B, you lied and you, you know, you told the doctor exactly what you wanted to hear because those, you know, six paid or six bullet point questionnaires that they hand you at the pediatrician or OB appointment are bullshit. (laughs) Or, you know, just a lot of you hit it like you knew, but you just hit it in some way. Um, So I, I believe that number. But with that being said, postpartum depression as a term, this is our second fact, also includes anxiety and other mood disorders. So um, when someone says they're postpartum depressed, it doesn't always mean that they feel sad or anything like that. That can mean that they are dealing with, um, you know, uh, mood disorders, which is like a back and forth, really strong moods coming on, panic attacks, OCD, uh, anxiety without depression, things like that. It varies. There's a broad broad away of disorders underneath uh, postpartum depression, uh, which can be very confusing for women because they think of depression as one one thing. And then when they find that they're experiencing something different, they don't realize that, you know, that's actually what it is. And they can bring that up um, and talk about it and get help. Let's see. Number two, postpartum depression is not the same as baby blues. So I've had three kids. I've had the baby blues every single time and it sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. You're just weepy and you feel like a basket case. (laughs) You just cry about everything and you're just a little off and even a little territorial. I always found that I was a little territorial and you just kind of are in your own little world um, because hormonally you just did something nuts and your body's a little out of whack. And that baby blue period doesn't last typically beyond two weeks. So it can be anywhere between the first few hours to like two weeks at max that you're having baby blues. Anything past that really should be looked at, but you should talk about it regardless. Anything you're feeling, um, don't just chalk it up as to the baby blues. Talk about it. Share it with like you know, your partner, share it with the pediatrician, share it with your OB. I know I was very open with my midwives. I was very open with my pediatrician this time, um, especially because my anxiety was incredibly high this time. And I just made it known because it will swallow you whole. Mm, It will swallow you whole. Um, let's see, anywhere between 50 to 85% of moms experience the baby blues. So again, that is very common while postpartum depression, um, is, you know, up to 20%. So that drops off, you know, baby blues should drop off per se. Um, baby blues look, I'm just reading off like exactly what they said, manifests as weepiness, crying, or knowing, not knowing why you're crying. I've had that. Like if you watch a Hallmark commercial and you start to cry, baby blues. Um, I wrote all this stuff down, so bear with me. Let's see. Okay, so postpartum mood disorders do not show up immediately after birth. That's a big thing. In fact, when I was talking about this whole Lindsay Clancy case with someone recently, I had said, you know what, she's eight months postpartum. And the person I was talking to said, what? They can't, that can't happen that late in the game. And I said, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> 
Postpartum depression, I know we all like to think that it can happen immediately after baby is born, but it can take time. Um, And they say it can happen up to a year. That is a big deal. So if you are, you know, later out and you had your baby a few months ago and you're starting to feel off, it's possible. And fun fact, I'm going to throw this in there. It definitely is possible considering another thing that I think people aren't aren't talking about is breastfeeding post-breastfeeding depression. It feels very similar to postpartum depression, which I think is going on with me. (laughs) It's very annoying. Um, It's a drop in hormones again, and your body is adjusting, and it's it's a very common thing, and I just figured I would throw that out there um, just so you have knowledge in case you know, you make it through the whole postpartum and then it's time um, that you decide that you want to wean and you start feeling off. Just know that that's a thing. I, I want to throw that out there because I didn't know and it's a real bitch. <laughs> okay. But I'm here. Again, message me if you're going through it because it's awful. Um, let's see. Okay. Certain risk factors. This is another tidbit of information that we could totally use. So there are risk factors with who is more likely to develop a postpartum mood disorder um, or depression or anxiety. So from what I have written down, um, obviously, if you have a history of mental health uh, problems or anything like that, that is something just to bring up to your doctor. That way they are aware because that is a risk. Um, Other risks are one or more pregnancy losses a complicated pregnancy for medical reasons, health problems with either themselves or the fetus, a sick baby or a premature baby that was in the NICU, um, being socially isolated or lacking supports, uh, proper support throughout your postpartum period, which, I mean, aren't most of us at risk then? Because that's literally us. Um, also, other medical conditions might put you at higher risk or if you use drug and alcohol. Um, again, those are other things that can put you at risk. And then the final tidbit that I thought was interesting, they said, is if you've never had any of those things and you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to be fine. Another thing is uh, see how you feel when your period is about to happen, because they said some women have a good idea as to how they're going to respond to hormones based off of how they are during that time of the month. Um, So if you get really moody, if you're if you really drastically change, if you drastically get affected from PMS, that's something to bring up to your doctor, which I I wouldn't have ever thought about. So FYI on that. Okay, another fact. Extreme sleep deprivation can trigger postpartum depression. No shit, Sherlock. I I mean, no shit. (laughs) I think we all realize that. But you know what's so frustrating, and this is like me getting sidetracked, is this is why we need to do better at supporting other moms in their choices Because if I see one more battle online about sleep training or sleep methods, I'm going to freak out because I just, I can't. I can't. We are scaring the shit out of moms and we are pushing moms to the brink with certain things and sleep should not be one of those. If a mom has found something that works for her, if it is safe, let them go. It is not your place to be, you know, questioning them on their methods, or anything, as long as everyone is safe. Eyes forward, eyes ahead, because sleep is important. And I I get so frustrated. I've, I see a lot on social media too. It's like sleep is a badge of honor type of thing. Like, I'm so tired. Like, look at me. I'm such a good mom. I'm so tired. You're, no, stop. Can we, can we stop that normalization? Can we stop 
the boasting of how tired we are as if it's a good thing because it's not, guys. We know that. Scientifically, we know it's not. And the fact that they're saying that that's putting us more at risk for something that could be so tragic and and harsh in our lives, such as mental illness and depression, it shouldn't be played around with. Like, sleep should not be one of those things that we take lighthearted like, and make fun of, you know? Um, it just, it, can you tell I get irritated about it? Anyway. Um, so that's another fun fact. Let's see. Um, uh, many women suffering think that they are the only ones. No. Do you know how many people messaged me when, um, I talked about mental health and just in general, I think when I had pulled everyone, I said, what did you experience? And I think the options were like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis, none of the above. Um, I want to say it was about 82% of you had said out of, you know, how many thousands voted 82% said that they had postpartum depression. And then after that, it was postpartum anxiety. Very few, I think it was 6% had postpartum psychosis, but that's still 6% out of thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Again, there's a reason why mom content right now is so popular on social media. There's a reason why mom content and influencers are so big. It's because we are craving it. We are craving to know that we aren't alone. And the reason why, you know, certain people are are successful in this is because we are showing others that they aren't alone. <laughs> and it's it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. Um, so no, if you are feeling in any sort of way, you are not alone at all. Okay. Um, so postpartum psychosis, another fact, while we are hearing about it now, sometimes that will freak us out. It is still very, very rare. What they believe it is anywhere between one to two percent of all postpartum women. That is a very, very small number. Obviously, it is possible. Um, I think it's important for us to know what that looks like. I also think it's very important that our partners and spouses or anyone in our lives um, knows what that stuff looks like. And I think for everyone listening, um, I think, you know, not just postpartum psychosis with depression, anxiety, things like that. I read a quote in a different uh, research piece about all of this stuff that said, the people in our support system are need to be aware of what is going on. And one of the biggest rules of thumb that a doctor said is if for any reason you notice a sparkle isn't shining as bright in someone's eye um, after they've had a baby, talk to them and bring them in to talk to someone else. And especially with postpartum psychosis, um, from what I read is a lot of the women postpartum psychosis is out of your mind. Like your reality, your reality is all distorted. You don't know anything really. Um, it's not a depression as in, you know, you're feeling a certain way. Like no postpartum psychosis is their reality is skewed. They have no idea what their reality is. Uh, so they don't know that they're psychotic. Um, and that's what's so scary about it. And to give an example of what that could look like, I listened to some girl who was so brave and shared this on social media about um, postpartum psychosis. And she had said that she would refuse to look into her baby's cot in the middle of the night um, and go look at him or take care of him for any reason during the middle of the night, even if he was screaming, because every time she looked into the bassinet, she saw him without a head. 
And that was what she thought was real. I heard another girl sharing her experience saying that she was convinced that her baby and her husband were aliens because her baby looked up at her in the middle of the night a certain way and her eyes looked really big. And she was convinced that her daughter was an alien and that she was evil. Um, And thankfully, they all got help. But it could have turned very, very badly. And um, about – I found another statistic about postpartum psychosis – um, one in 20 women experiencing postpartum psychosis will try to harm either themselves or their babies. That's one too many for me. So that's important to know. Um, but again, if, you know, if you feel, feel anything like this, um, or if you know someone that is acting off, just bring them in. A lot of the times they can't tell you. They can't tell you what's going on because, again, the reality is skewed. So if you feel like something's up, just bring them into a doctor and talk to them. Um, you know, no one wants to take anyone's baby away. No one wants to do any of the stuff and shake up someone's world. Um, but I personally would rather bring someone into a trusted medical provider and just have them looked at and be wrong than anything else. So. Okay, and then let's talk treatment. So, of course, therapy sessions with a clinical psychologist are key in treatment and all this stuff. Um, But obviously, then there's going to be other things that are going to be recommended to you, which is like self-care and meditation and yoga and, you know, all the great stuff that sounds wonderful, but... I get frustrated with all of this because how the hell is a mom supposed to make this happen? Like for me, I had a therapist, guys. I had one and I stopped using her. And this isn't like a bad thing. I was using her just as like a maintenance type of thing. But it didn't hurt having her. It was great. But it was so hard to keep her. It was so hard, A, to find her because insurance issues. But then keep her because I don't have a babysitter and my husband works a lot and finding that time between bedtime nap time schedule is hard and so finally we just decided that you know right now I can't make it work and I'm focusing on other things in order to you know do good for myself but that's just me and I'm not dealing with the harsh stuff imagine dealing with the harsh stuff and not being able to find time for any of this stuff and not having the other support systems in place to allow you to get to the big things that matter. Um, that's that's where the whole village mentality needs to, to start. And there's so many layers that we need to peel back in this whole fix. Um, but I, you know, at least we're educating ourselves right now. And hopefully this is a reminder to all of us that we need to start stepping up. Um, again, even if you don't agree with what another mom is doing, even if she's doing something different than you, you can still step up. If you're not going to do it for the mom, do it for the kids. You know, if you don't like the mom, really do it for the kids. Cause I, I, I think at the end of the day, that's, that's really what we want. Right. Um, let's see if, you ever suffered from postpartum depression after one child and are planning on having another, um, there are things that you can do to treat it before it gets bad again. So that's something important to note. If you did deal with this before um, with, you know, other children, um, previous children, you can be proactive in your treatment plan so that way it doesn't have to be as harsh the second, third, fourth, fifth time around. Um, So just keep that in mind, especially if you are struggling right now um, or worried or if you are wanting another baby but you are worried about this repeating or happening again, um, just keep in mind that you know, this is something obviously you don't want to take lightly, but there are ways to make it a better experience knowing already ahead of time what you're 
potentially looking at. Um, and then... Oh, oh, this is a uh, fun fact, and then we'll finish it up. Not fun fact. It's not fun. Um, is that anyone can become this. Anyone can develop postpartum depression. You don't necessarily have to have these risk factors, uh, the ones that I read earlier. But for a lot of women, what they have found is they did not previously experience um, a mood disorder of some level, but instead the postpartum was their first depressive episode out of depression they already had and didn't know they had, which I thought was interesting. So again, the whole Lindsay Clancy case could have been any one of us um, because you just don't know until you know. This is not, this doesn't have to do with anything personal. Postpartum depression doesn't care who you are, um, where you come from, how many kids you have, none of it. It just is your chemicals in your brain. And our bodies go through so much to have a baby and our hormones just mess with us. And again, it's all chemicals. It's, it's boil it down to that. And for that reason, that's why I'm going to cap it off with this, um, because it is chemicals. You are not a bad mom if you deal with any of this stuff. You are not a bad mom for having postpartum depression, anxiety, postpartum psychosis, none of that, okay? Postpartum depression is very normal and it's not a reflection of you or your abilities as a mother or parent, okay? Um, Know that people are loving you if you're seeking treatment or if others are helping you seek treatment. Know that it's because they love you and they want to help you. It's not to punish you. It's not to shame you. It's not any of that. I also want you to know that if you are planning on asking for help or you're struggling in asking for help, know that that's not a sign of weakness. It's not. If you are scared of and afraid of looking weak or anything, know that that is the complete opposite. Asking for help can be one of the strongest things you could do as a mom, and it's something that we suck at doing. We suck at doing. I don't care whether it's about postpartum depression or about asking someone to help you load your groceries into the car because your arms are literally holding all children. (laughs) We will still wait and punish ourselves because for some reason we have it in our head that we have to have it all perfect, that we should have you know, birthed a baby and had it all figured out and acted like nothing ever happened. And it's just not true. It's just not true. You created a new life. Your body had to be literally stretched and torn open. And now it has to refigure out its chemicals in order to get back to, you know, home home base. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a human thing. It's not a mom thing. It's a human thing. And leave it at that. Okay. So with that, I'm just going to keep this episode short, you know, under 30 minutes. That way it could be a quick listen. Like I said, if you can share this with everyone, you know, um, share this with moms and start talking, guys. Start talking. Let's keep this conversation going. Let's not stop. I know the news is at some point going to die down and this is just going to become an another awful tragedy um, that has you know, ruffled every mom's feathers, but it shouldn't be that. Um, this should be a a full stop, a full stop. And we we need to change things. The support on postpartum women on moms needs 
an overhaul and it won't start unless we force it to start and they won't listen unless it's the actual voices of the mothers speaking up. And that's what we can do today. So thank you guys for listening. Know how amazing you are doing right now. I know that days are hard. I know it is. I know motherhood is shit. It's one of the, it is, it is. I don't, and I don't want to say it's one of the hardest things I'll ever do. It is the hardest thing I'll ever do. It will forever be the hardest thing I will ever do. It will also be one of the greatest things I will ever do. The two things can both be true at the same exact time. Okay. I've never done this before. You've never done this before. We are all learning. We have no idea what this will be like until we're in it. And for that very reason, I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to give yourself grace and I want you to go easy and remember that we've never done this before and we're figuring it out. When you birth a baby, you don't birth yourself into a superhero. You just become a human who has wonky hormones, stretch marks, sore boobs, leaky nipples. Like that's it. Okay. That's it. We, we are expected to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders with zero rest promised. And when we do ask for the rest, we feel like shit about it. And it's just, it's crap. It's crap. So with that being said, go kick some ass today. Go send a text message to a mom in your life. If you have one that you can think of, just let her know that you're thinking of her. Let her know that you are an open source and open ear to come and vent to. Um, And start looking in at yourself. Think about how you are treating other moms. Ask yourself, am I being supportive? Am I being an open channel for communication or am I blocking people out? Um, Am I shaming other moms? Am I making other moms feel bad, guilty? Even if you don't mean it, sometimes we can. It just happens. Um, And yeah, yeah. I will put resources in the show notes in case you are needing help, looking for help. Um, If you just need an ear to listen to, please head on over to the Very Married Life Instagram page. You can DM me if you ever you know, need encouragement or help. Um, But also you can check out the comments on my posts and things like that. My community at The Very Merry Life is amazing. It's amazing. Um, The comment section is incredibly supportive and it's just so much fun watching it all unfold. So you're doing great. Happy Tuesday. I'll catch you guys on Friday. Another episode down and way more to go. But thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. I'd love for you to share it with others and post about it on your own social media or leave a rating and review. I cannot tell you how helpful and how appreciated those things are for me. Of course, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at The Very Merry Life, over on TikTok, The Very Merry Life. And even if you wanted to check out my monthly newsletter, you can do so by subscribing over at TheVeryMerryLife.com. I'll see you next week. Stay tuned for more honest, raw, real chit chat. I have some amazing moms lined up coming on and shit's going to get fun. So buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be good.